right. Oh, it's not with a bang. Episode one. Let's do it. All right. I have a dream. I had the best words. Not with a bang. World, world, world war three. Not with a bang. Under the doctrine of multiculturalism. Go back where you came from. Not with a bang. The arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards nuclear holocaust. Retreat from the world. Alternative facts. Alternative facts. Retreat from the world. Hell. Those who forget history are going to pee. Alternative facts. That is no such thing. With a bang. I am the conductor. The despair of world. Retreat from the world. Why? Two. World War Three. I see. The I wish I was dead. Welcome to Not With A Bang, your audio guide to the end of the world. On this show, we'll be tracking humanity's hasty retreat from the Enlightenment and asking the big questions, such as, why is the United States president a 14-year-old internet troll, trapped in the body of a 70-year-old man, trapped in a balding orangutan costume? Why do people keep driving trucks into other people? Why is nobody doing anything about climate change? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why did daddy leave, and was it all my fault? And much more. (laughs) I'm Lance Turnbull, and joining me are some people. One of them is Pat McCaffrey. It was your fault once. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Dad left because of you. I, I suspected. I suspected. Who are you, Pat McCaffrey? I'm just your average space cowboy just trying to make a living in this crazy world, you know. Are we all? Wandering on through. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a comedian. He's, he's, yeah. He's, he's a comedian. He does comedy. He's a comedian who's had five hours sleep, let's be clear. <laughs> Millie, Millie Holton is also Hello, here. Hello, I'm Millie Holton. I'm an improviser and a performer in Melbourne. And Lance, it was your fault. I talked to your dad about it. Why does he talk to everyone but me? He's really nice, actually. You just put up walls, Lance? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Not with a bang. This week in the news. Australians have solemnly commemorated the 75th anniversary of the Japanese bombing of Darwin and the fall of Singapore, while Australians almost ruin everything by getting drunk, yelling Anzac and abusing Vietnamese people on public transport. Adolf Hitler's personally engraved telephone, first recovered from his Berlin bunker in 1945, is going up for auction this week. Auction house officials describe the phone as a weapon of mass destruction and the bidding will open at $100,000 US. A steal for any White House officials looking to replace Donald Trump's five-year-old Android phone with something more secure. Research from the Australian Reserve Bank shows young Australians are increasingly relying on their parents for support to buy their first home. Though, with onerous loan conditions, are baby boomers merely hoping their children will default to allow them to expand their own property portfolios? Gert Wilders, leader of the Netherlands' far-right Freedom Party and man who can go Gert fucked, said this week... There is a lot of Moroccan scum in Holland who make the streets unsafe. He was sure to emphasise that not all of them are scum, though, much to the relief of the country's 167,000 Moroccan citizens. Conservative Australian Senator Ian MacDonald has spoken out against proposed changes which would limit travel entitlements for former politicians, while claiming that he was never going to use them himself and that he's just asking for a friend. The woman who went by the pseudonym Jane Roe in the storied Roe versus Wade Supreme Court case, which legalised first trimester abortion in the United States, has died. 
Progressives across the country are left extremely confused by her passing, lost as to whether they should mourn her death, because she was instrumental in securing legal rights for women's bodily autonomy, whether they should spit on her grave, because later in life she became a born-again Christian and condemned her prior actions, or whether they should just be indifferent, because she was just a clump of cells anyway. Grace Mugabe has suggested her dictatorial psychopath of a husband might stand for election even after he's dead, saying, you will see people voting for Mugabe as a corpse, though obviously his support would be expected to drop to a mere 122% of the popular vote. Great news for international bipartisanship as left-leaning German Chancellor Angela Merkel and Conservative US Vice President Mike Pence have come together in their support of the NATO alliance. Today, on behalf of President Trump, I bring you this assurance. The United States of America strongly supports NATO and will be unwavering in our commitment to this transatlantic alliance. Hopefully the news doesn't make it to Twitter though, as the Donald himself has historically not been as keen on the idea. Trump explained that he felt NATO was obsolete because it quote, wasn't taking care of terror. NATO is costing us a fortune. I'm just saying, I don't think it's fair. I don't think we're fairly treated. I haven't given lots of thought to NATO. Do you think the United States needs to rethink U.S. involvement in NATO? Yes. Stay tuned now as we examine the recent success of white nationalism across the Western world by interviewing an imperial wizard from the Ku Klux Klan. Absolutely, and that's why we need to stop the Jews. I like your style. So, can you do any spells or not? Let's talk about immigration and how wealthy Western countries are not into it, except for when it's about white people. Yay. Now, this may come as a shock to any time travellers joining us from anywhere in between the period of June 15th, 2015 and November 8th, 2016, but it turns out that the celebrity stunt candidate, Donald Trump, actually won the election and is now the President of the United States. Oh, so sad. And as it turns out, Donald Trump and his many millions of supporters are in a broad, general sense, entirely opposed to accepting any refugees into their country. No, they're just, they're just economically disadvantaged, Lance. You shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't imply that they're in any way racist or scared of people from overseas. They're just economically disempowered people who are looking to, to get their jobs back. And that's incredibly lazy stereotyping that's typical of the lefty liberal elite bubble you keep yourself in. It's one of the reasons your dad left, Lance, all right? <laughs> yeah, that's one of the reasons he cited to me, actually. Yeah. Oh, wow. Sounds like he's got an exhaustive list. God, yeah, just insufferable sometimes. (laughs) So, they don't want to accept any refugees. (laughs) Especially refugees from Middle Eastern countries like Syria, because when people flee war and terrorism, that means that they actually are war and terrorism. Yeah, well, they created the problem in the first place. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Why should they be allowed to come here when they ruined their own country? Who was it who said that? Someone actually said if they've if they've done this to Syria themselves, we don't want them doing that to Australia. It's like that is a gross misunderstanding of how global conflicts work. (laughs) I recently went down the rabbit hole of YouTube videos that is Ann Coulter. (laughs) Do you guys know? Oh, I did that the other day as well. Oh my god, it's like this so many videos on Ann Coulter and I just feel like it's her who said that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she says stuff like that all the time. She is she is right into that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. One thing I've noticed that Ann Coulter does is she. I, I've seen her do this like three or four times just in the last few days on the same YouTube hole that apparently you got stuck in, mm. is 
she she will list things like murderers, rapists, poor people, like in the same yeah. category. Like, like I've seen her do it multiple times. Like she'll say that being poor is the moral equivalent of being mm. a rapist, being a murderer, being a terrorist. She's, she's good mm. fun. She said some weird shit. Like, she went on this weird tangent about how it's in, like, the best interest for gay people to vote for Republicans. Look her up on Wikipedia. There's a whole section about it. I really went deep into this. But um, <laughs> she just has this, like, backwards logic. Like, I get so frustrated watching her, but... Like, I guess I hate myself because I just kept doing it and I got yep. steadily more angry. I think it was just to feel something, but it was, <laughs> oh my God. It was... God, imagine what happens if she was ever to meet a gay homeless rapist. I know. That would be like her do? trifecta. Oh. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> and Colson. <laughs> so, uh, where was I? Donald Trump doesn't want to bring in refugees. So this presents a problem for anyone with a soul. But in particular, it's a problem for the 1,246 refugees that the Australian government are imprisoning on offshore gulags in Papua New Guinea and the failed state of Nauru, both island nations just north of Australia. Australia, as a signatory to the UN Refugee Convention of 1951, is obligated to protect anyone found to be a refugee seeking asylum in the country, regardless of their method of arrival. Wait a second. We don't do that, though. Hang on. So, of course, successive governments from all sides of politics have branded these people illegal and indefinitely detained them without charge. This practice has been hailed as, quote, unsustainable, a violation, and unnecessary by the UN Human Rights Commission, as well as, quote, explicitly designed to inflict incalculable damage on hundreds of women, men, and children by Amnesty International. Yeah, what would they know, though? To be fair, I mean, this isn't really their area of expertise. It's like the climate change debate. You know, just stay out of it unless you're a climatologist. Amnesty International needs to stay out of it unless they're actually refugees. Well, yeah. but even if you are a climatologist, you know, you could be, you could be part also of the conspiracy. Also, stay out of it. If you're a climatologist who says climate change is happening, stay out of it, okay? Oh, right? You don't what do know you what know? you're talking about. What do you fucking know? I was yeah. cold this morning. Yeah. So. No, no. No, that's a good point. Mm. I mean, it, I mean, it's not, it's, not, it's not a relevant point to the climate debate, but yeah, it's a point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, those refugees, many of whom have been locked up for several years now, were finally granted reprieve last year when the Australian government announced that they had brokered a deal with the Obama administration to have those people settled in the United States. Thanks, Obama. See what I did there? Is that a personal shout out to Obama? You said to get him as a guest on the program. <laughs> I said I said thanks Obama, which is what people say. So so that's pretty proud of that one. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. And everyone lived happily ever after, except for the handful of refugees that have already died from medical neglect, murder, and suicide, including one guy who self-immolated last year. And another woman who self-immolated, but she survived. So now she's merely horrendously disfigured. But happily ever after, going to the US. Yay, Obama, okay. It's like an episode of Swap Shop, this, isn't it? Like, we send America our refugees, and they send us back some refugees from Costa Rica. And then, you know, like, a few weeks later, we work out who's done better out of that deal. Yeah, whoever has poisoned the electorate against a particular set of people get the ones that that their electorate don't know anything about. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. What happens once they get to America? I think it's like West Side Story. I think it's like West Side Story. They all get there and start singing America. And, uh, yeah, then they form into gangs. And uh, I think if I'm remembering West Side Story, everything works out just fine. Oh, nice. Sweet. Um, Yeah. Good one. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well. That that looks uh, looks very 
uplifting and, and good. Except, oh no, Trump. Oh no. Donald Trump, like about most things, was not aware of this deal and was shocked to learn of it last month during an in-depth 20-minute phone call he had with Malcolm Turnbull, no relation, Australian <sighs> Prime Minister and man who consistently looks like he just made a girl come. <laughs> well, that's a mental image we'll all spend a lot of time trying to get out of our heads now. Thank you, Lance. I'm standing with my parents at the moment and my dad got back from church like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> He walks around with that, that self-satisfied smirk. Like, he knows what he did, and he's, he's, he's proud of himself. Trump reportedly told Turnbull that he, quote, hated the deal and was, quote, not going to do it. He then reportedly, allegedly, maybe hung up on our fair prime minister, later tweeting about it, because, of course, he tweeted about it. Do you believe it? The Obama administration agreed to take thousands of illegal immigrants from Australia. Why? I will study this dumb deal. Thousands, of course, being, uh, you know, one of those alternative facts. Yeah, he's good with numbers. Yeah. Uh, not so much when it comes to bankruptcy proceedings, but otherwise he's great with numbers. Oh, well, I mean, it, it could be that any reports that there are less than 2,000 illegal immigrants uh, is fake news. That's, I'm just fake putting that out there. That could be the case. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there were more, I'm pretty sure there were more uh, illegal immigrants at Barack Obama's 2009 inauguration than there were at Donald Trump's. <laughs> That's true. Um, that, That's true. That doesn't mean there were more people. No. It just means that there were more. They all came immigrants. out and they were cheering yeah. for 9-11. Yeah, they were. They were. They were cheering 9-11, which Barack Obama organized and orchestrated from Kenya with his dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. So that's just the deal's over now. Well, White House Press Secretary Melissa McCarthy reiterated the president's <laughs> anger, saying, quote, the deal that was cut by the last administration is something that he is extremely, extremely upset with. Uh, he continued, he does not like it, but uh, blah, 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 Mr. Trumbull, he is going to allow that process. But is he going to allow that process? So far, the traditional notion of obfuscating a government's true intentions through careful political speech and double talk has been handily replaced with outright lying by the Trump administration. So anything could happen. It is sort of an interesting tactic, really. It's like it's it's like they're I don't know whether it's deliberate or accidental, but it's impossible to work out what they're planning to do, uh, <laughs> like on this deal or anything at all. Even it's an guessing. interesting way to conduct world affairs, just to keep literally everyone guessing about what you're doing at any given point in time. It must be infuriating. Real talk. <laughs> I just feel like they don't have a plan, though. And they're like, well, no, no, we no, know no, no. what They've we're going to do, but we're not going to tell you guys. But we. No, I'm pr- Pretty sure Donald Trump said they're running like a machine at the moment. Right? Oh, right. They're Sorry. Running, their government's running like, I mean, it's a machine that, you know, like left America because their manufacturing sector died in the 1970s, but mm, it's still running a machine, like a machine. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. This is tangentially related, but the deal on the refugees thing, when he announced that immigration ban, there wasn't a Muslim ban, right? It just happened yeah. to affect no, it wasn't even a ban. Muslim countries. No, exactly. So what Spicer well, said, not a ban. The, the, the words. Not You're using words. the word ban. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Well, I think this is a broken election promise because Trump promised a Muslim ban and now he's not delivering one. Um, Imagine Donald Trump breaking a promise. (laughs) Can't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Who would have thought? Um, But yeah, like it's sort of related to that refugee deal. It's just like, well, what's the worst he can do? Oh, yeah, he actually actually could just ban immigration from Islamic countries. Uh, you know, he could do that. But, you know, his supporters aren't racist, guys. They're not racist. If the left had just reasonably engaged with these people, Donald Trump would never exist. Islam is not a race, Pat. It's not a race. 
Yeah, well, it's not a race. It coincides like, with, ban, with brown people ban, generally. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, that's a coincidence, though. When people talk about banning Islam, particularly here, they're not like, let's ban Islamic migration from Indonesia. They're always like, let's ban Islamic immigration from Islamistan. <laughs> I am. That's what I say. I don't, I don't trust those bloody Indonesians. What are they up to? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know because I, I don't read man. the news. So I don't know. I literally don't know what they're up to and that scares me. Um, I think they're probably quietly putting up with insufferable Australian tourists. I think it's probably what they're doing. <laughs> Uh, yes, the Bintang singlet is the equivalent of 30 Australian cents. You can have one. Thank you. Sounds good. I want one. I'm mm. in. I love Indonesia now. I've changed my tune. <laughs> yeah, but Lance, all the Muslims. The Muslims there. Muslims. Oh, the Muslims. That's, that's how Ann Coulter yeah. says it. Oh. Does she? Yeah. Yeah, oh, you're probably right, actually. How did I not recognize no, no. that? She oh. calls them Muslims. The Muslims. <laughs> Well, Muslim sounds actually a bit dangerous because I think if you drive into a moose, your car is absolutely total. They are so, big. Um, they are bigger than you yeah. think. Just like Islam. This is this is the way the world ends. Not with a bear. Kim Jong-nan, the eldest son of dead but still metaphorically alive and crazy in my heart Kim Jong-il and older half-brother of still very actually alive and crazy in the lives of people unfortunate enough to live in North Korea, North Koreans, Kim Jong-un, has been, depending on which media you believe, assassinated in a Malaysian airport or dropped dead completely coincidentally in a Malaysian airport due to natural causes of an overload of strychnine in his blood. <laughs> After being, let's say, assassinated, uh, two women were arrested in Malaysia, and there is a suggestion that they thought they were participating in a reality TV show rather than a calculated political assassination, which, given North Korea basically operates like a nation-state version of Big Brother, is technically a possible explanation. Like, sounds, sounds legit. <laughs> I'm imagining... Yeah, like, housemates, your challenge today is to survive on boiled grass soup while drowning out the cries of abandoned babies starving to death in the streets, all the while planning a daring political defection to South Korea, which will probably see several of your family members killed. <laughs> what happened was, uh, one woman stepped out in front of Kim Jong-nam, the other, in a short skirt and white top printed with the letters LOL on the front, <laughs> grabbed him from behind and sprayed a liquid in his face, which what? she then covered with a cloth. Um, it's a good prank. It's a good prank. Pranks. It's a prank. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. got him. And, uh, got him. <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. You know uh, when you run like up behind prank. someone and just chloroform them and you know it's funny. Oh, it's funny. Yeah. It's a good joke. I did that on <laughs> schoolies. It was fun. But to be fair, I think Kim Jong Un probably watched that footage and did laugh quite a lot. Oh no. Like, oh my god. Also, like, <laughs> look at him stumbling down the escalators to a waiting ambulance. He has got no chance. <laughs> oh, I love it when they try and run away and avoid death. Anyway, what's on the other channel? Why was she wearing that T-shirt? Is <laughs> like my question. Was she like asked to? I like I have so many questions. It's 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 like a like a Black Mirror episode, but. But, like, if a bad writer did it and was like, this is about internet culture. It's like an episode of MTV. Well, like, the people who arrested her said that she claimed she had been paid to perform a prank on men by asking them to close their eyes before spraying them in the face what? with water. Which is a pretty shit prank. That is that is a pretty pretty terrible prank. Like, but, um... Particularly when you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like not even a pie to the face. And, like, this happened in Malaysia. That's just practical. I've been to Malaysia. People carry around spray bottles of water because it gets warm and humid over there. That's not a prank. That's a public service. 
I have a refreshing spirit, dickhead. I pranked you by buying you a sandwich for lunch. Enjoy it. It's healthy and nutritious. It's got eggs for protein. Oh. Oh man, I have so many questions. <laughs> Why is she wearing the t-shirt? <laughs> the other thing that um, the other thing that came out about all of this was because like North Korea is obviously a, a crazy police state, and Kim Jong Un is genuinely mad. He's had like most of his family killed. But there was an amazing report that said South Korean intelligence agents say Kim Jong Nam knew he was on his brother's kill list, condemned for having publicly questioned the family's hereditary rule and Jong Un's qualifications and fitness for the position of North Korean dictator. <laughs> and it just made me think. Being on your brother's kill list must make family occasions a little bit weird. <laughs> you know, like, oh, happy birthday. What, what's that? Yeah, you got me a card for my birthday, Kim Jong-un. Oh, thank you so much. And let, let's read the card now. What does it say? Uh, Dear Kim Jong-nam, I just got you this card on your special day to say happy birthday and to remind you that you're still definitely on that kill list I have. Anyway, I hope this is a special day for you. In fact, I know it is, because it's the last birthday you'll ever have. Enjoy it. I'll give you a 24-hour head start. Now run. I like it when they run. Is a kill list a bit like an Amazon wish list? Like, if someone, if someone gets someone on your kill list, do you, do you thank them on Twitter? I think, I think if you get someone on Kim Jong-un's kill list, you probably get a bowl of rice. Nice. <laughs> probably, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm into it. Because he has, he's killed most of his family, Kim Jong-un. Apparently by December 2013, his uncle, uh, who'd been like his mentor all his life, he'd killed his uncle and most of his uncle's family. He's that mad. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think you're being mad. Maybe, uh, you know, it's it's not necessarily nature. It could be nurture. It's possible. That's true. Being raised to be be, the future dictator of a country... That is like a literal dystopian nightmare. It might twist your perceptions of what's what's acceptable or not. Well, and I'm just saying, don't be mental illness phobic. Pat. Yeah, Pat. <laughs> just like think about it from like his perspective. I know? should know better. <sighs> well, because Kim Jong Nam was apparently going to be his father's successor, but then he fell out with the family because in 2001 he was caught trying to enter Japan on a fake passport because he wanted to visit Disneyland. Oh um, wow! Imagine, like, imagine giving up the the throne for yeah. Disneyland. I mean, a photo with those Mickey Mouse ears—that's priceless, though. That's, priceless. that's the sort of memory that lasts a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's actually like kind of sweet. <laughs> yeah, and it all does come at the same time that North Korea is testing ballistic missiles at the moment, yeah. which which could apparently reach um, Sydney. And I was reading another newspaper article about this that said uh, that was talking about Kim Jong Nam, and it said, "quote Kim Jong Nam had publicly disavowed any interest in the family business of operating a cruel dictatorship." <laughs> 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 Which is an amazing family business to have. It just, it just doesn't stoke my passions like it used to, you know. <laughs> I want to be a painter, Dad. No, you're not you don't a painter. get me. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not too worried about the missile thing, though. I mean, Sydney. Do we need it? Well, it might make might fix the housing affordability problem. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's about supply, not not availability. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the only other thing about this was uh, that uh, the North Koreans have already announced that they will reject the results of any autopsy which is performed, what? which just makes me think that, and North Korea does this every now and then, I swear to God, just keep an eye out, in like two to three weeks, there will be a man that looks a bit like Kim Jong-nam, but not a lot like Kim Jong-nam, 
<laughs> walking around North Korea <laughs> and the North Koreans will take photographs of him at state occasions and say that Kim Jong-nam is alive and well. And no one will be missing that man more than that man's family. Yeah. <laughs> They're just going to weekend at Bernie's, the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Why is he always wearing sunglasses? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no reason. He's it's a cool guy. He's a Korea. cool guy. <laughs> The yeah. glorious republic of North Korea is just too bright and shining for him. Mm. Yeah, exactly. The future's so bright. <laughs> yeah. Just to rewind, I don't want to be stuck on the T-shirt, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no one's believing this lady, right? Or is she I like legitimately her. like messed up? I think either way, whether she's telling the truth or not, she's messed up. Yeah, no, she's messed up either way, clearly. But, like, I just have mm. so many questions about her specifically. <laughs> like, Who picked her T-shirt? Who picked it? No, did she pick her T-shirt? Did she, like, in what context was this show? Like, Or, is it, or like, and then if she really was, like, an assassin, why did she pick this cover story? And is if, the T-shirt if, a part of... she oh. is an assassin and this is her cover story, it's pretty on point. I'm, I'm doing a funny prank. LOL. <laughs> I think if this is a reality TV show, that's almost as bad a crime as assassinating Kim Jong-nam. Like, this sounds like the worst reality, like spraying water in people's face and being like, ha got you. That is... Imagine, like, an executive pitching that. (laughs) (laughs) Channel 9, I got you. (laughs) Nah, now that we've said it out loud, Channel 10 will be pitching it. Yeah, exactly. I think we should stop doing this podcast and start a YouTube series. Spray people on the face. This reminds me, though, Millie, now that you said that about the T-shirt, I discovered this. There was, for a short period of time, a replica of that T-shirt that you could buy on, like, a Chinese version of eBay for $922. So, like, like, after the assassination, (laughs) people made this. That's amazing. Yes. (laughs) So good. Oh, my God. That's so... Oh, man, people are fucked. And people would have bought it as well. But also, you could just make that for so much less money. I was going to say... Yeah, you can make it for so less money anyway, and particularly in China, where you can just send it to a three-year-old in a sweatshop who'll exactly. do it for, like, three cents. You could just, like, <laughs> Think upload... Of the markup. Like, if we're speaking, like, business-wise, you could upload that design to Redbubble in, like, a second, and you could just... <laughs> Guys, <laughs> I gotta go. Hang I have on. a business idea. How do, we, how do we spell it again? L-O... L-O-L. <laughs> I never realised political assassinations were such a great business opportunity. Mm-hmm. They don't happen often, but when they do, oh boy, yeah, that's that's gonna when you're going to jump a lot on more it. often. But you said that it's not it's not on there anymore. They've they've taken no, it down. No, it got taken down. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> like I yeah. reckon, I reckon wasn't, it was... wasn't wasn't the only bloody thing getting taken down. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> save it for the stand up pad. No, don't save it for the podcast. We need all the content. <laughs> oh yeah, we need it. Um, okay. I'm going to leave the T-shirt. I'm just, like, obsessed with it. If someone isn't uploading that design, like, right now, then I will because why would they take it down? I know it's, like, assassination, but there's just so much... Like, people would... I know, it's, I know you know, murder and all that, but, like, I know, but, whatever. No, but, like, know, good design would, is good design. I guarantee you if I Googled that, it would be a million results right now. People are fucked. I'm not saying that it's good to upload and sell that, but people would buy it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying slavery is a good thing but either, like, but, you know, it's economically stop, sensible. Stop it. Stop it. You know what I mean? Oh. This is where Lincoln went wrong. Doesn't understand sound economics. And wait, yeah. was there, there was one or... There was two, right? There was two. The, yeah, there were two. What happened yeah. to the other one? And What's she saying? Uh, she's been arrested as well, but I don't. I didn't find anything from her. Oh, she is not as quirky. Yeah, I think they both say... They were participating in a reality TV show. Um, 
Yeah. So, so hang on. One of them had an LOL t-shirt. How did they actually... Because they didn't just spray him in the face with a bottle of water, did they? They... What was the what was the actual description of the murder? They sprayed him in the face and then held a cloth over his like mouth and nose. That um, does not seem like a funny prank. Yeah, that makes it sound a lot less like a funny prank. <sighs> I don't know, guy. Oh man. Look, innocent until proven guilty. <laughs> and then apparently the footage they run away, and then the footage just shows Kim Jong Nam stumbling down some escalators towards an ambulance. Which, again, I think Kim Jong-un will have just on repeat in the palace that he lives in. Um, yeah. He'll have... Just uh, as a way to start his day. He'll have some wacky music playing behind it. Yeah. I'm obsessed with that lady. All right. I'll, I'll Google in my own time. Oh, I hope she's okay. Oh, no, I don't. She's an assassin. I'm being too empathetic to these <laughs> dictators. I just like I worry about okay. it. Next week, <laughs> two hours on that lady in her t-shirt. I just like if she if she was like brainwashed or whatever. North Korea brainwashing? I don't think so. No, never, yeah. never. It's like it's like Jessica Jones. She just yeah. wakes up and has no memory of what she's done. Yeah, great show. <laughs> it's a great show available on Netflix now. Don't give away sponsorship before we get any money. I'm just saying, I think Netflix should give us some money. Yeah, but don't give what, it away What, just because we've never free. released an episode, we don't have an audience? What, you think we can't get sponsored by, like, the biggest streaming company on the planet? Answer my tweets. Do you think Netflix had an audience before they launched? No, right? <laughs> Dream big. Not with a bang. Using Nazi mind control techniques to convince you to support gay marriage since 2017. Not With a Bang is brought to you by Thunder Falcon Rip Turbo Shred, the all-in-five men's ultimate all-body muscle shred rip cutter and diet plan for men. Every month, they'll send you the current Thunder Falcon Rip Turbo Shred five-step fit hacking workout method, complete with a full 30-day meal itinerary featuring the latest in fad dieting from their expert team of pseudoscientists. One month, you'll be drinking red wine every night and subsisting entirely on stale bread. The next... You'll be sleeping hung off a coat hanger, cutting out all carbon from your diet and walking on a standing desk at work, even when you're not at work. Thunder Falcon Rip Turbo Shred. They'll take you from dad bod to, I don't have to listen to you, Robert, you're not my real dad, bod, in five easy steps. Sign up today with the offer code. So um, this story, it needs some context, so I'm going to break it down. And it also has a lot of South Korean names that I'm going to butcher with my uncultured Western tongue. So no cyberbullying afterwards, please. Thank you. Um, so in October and November last year, the South Korean president Park Geun-hye uh, was under investigation for an insane amount of corruption. Basically, her best friend, uh, Choi Soon Lin, was found to be influencing most, if not all, of her political decisions, from picking out her outfits to advising her on foreign affairs to taking bribes from corporations and high-powered individuals. And uh, Choi, by the way, is the daughter of an infamous cult leader and was not elected and is just your average Joe who just has an insane amount of political sway. Uh, so President Park is currently impeached and suspended from her post, and now the fun part starts because... There's this open investigation of just who uh, she's been influenced and bribed by, and we get to find out who's been doing all the dealings. Which leads me to this story, which is uh, just three days ago they arrested J.Y. Lee, which is uh, this guy's westernized name he goes by, who was the vice that's, chairman. That's his westernized name. Yeah, that's what he goes by, but it's not his real name. Uh, that's I would have thought like Jack business. or something. Go. <laughs> Don't criticize what he's picked. If you're going to pick a name, make it cool, man. It's like... Dragon. I don't know. 
but he, that's what he's chosen. I actually and, go uh, by Dragon, so that's uh, I'm a little <laughs> offended that you don't call me Dragon, and I wish you would start. I'm not going to call you Dragon, Lance. Uh, not until you call me Eagle. We've talked. All about right, this. let's let's talk about this off the air. Okay, um, uh, and he's vice chairman of giant uh, conglomerate known as Samsung. Have you heard of them? I own their things. I haven't heard of them. You haven't heard of them? No, you mm. you you probably own their their products. What's your phone, Lance? Is it an iPhone? If it's not that, it's a Samsung. It's an iPhone. Is it? Do they do dishwashers? I don't know. <laughs> I think Apple do dishwashers. Yeah. So um yeah, it's like the vice chairman, but that's not a big deal, right? He's this wheel and dealing guy, a random board member. No, because this guy's father is currently the chairman and this guy's grandfather founded Samsung. So it's like, I didn't know this, but Samsung is like, it's like a family business, but not. And it's it's like, a small family business. It's, it's a, a small family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> just... in North Korea, the family business is running a brutal political dictatorship. Exactly. <laughs> South Korea, an electronics giant. Yeah, exactly. You know, a lot, of, a lot of things that people think are large and ominous, you know, they're actually family businesses and we exactly. should give them a break and we should give them a bloody tax cut. God, John Howard was right. Yeah. So like, it's not just like, oh, this, this board member's taking bribes and stuff. It's like the family who runs the second largest tech company in the world. And, um, and it's like the equivalent, I feel like, as if the CEO of Facebook was like Mark Zuckerberg's kid. And then that kid just like got arrested for bribery and embezzlement and like hiding assets overseas and perjury, which is what this guy got arrested for. This like that's how big it is. Out of it, (laughs) if if the social network is anything to go by, he's Mm. very witty and uh, he has a lot of quotable things to say. Yeah, and there'd be like a there'd be like a really really compelling score by Trent Reznor in the background. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be quite moody. Yeah, oh yeah, Um, quite moody, but also appropriately upbeat at times. It's a balancing act, and I'm I'm glad he won the Oscar. I, I I like the lad. I think he's going. I think he's going places. So one of the things that the prosecutor's office uh, are accusing Lee of doing is bribing a quote close friend of the president, which is obviously Choi, uh, to gain government favors. That she would... she could have other close friends. You don't know. She does not yeah. have other close friends. They are best friends, right? <laughs> and it's to uh, gain. Literally gain government favors that would like guarantee that he would be the one to take over Samsung because it's not guaranteed because it's like a, a public entity, etc. And so, um, while he's being held in custody, they haven't actually charged him yet, but they have 10 days to do so. But now, this is also a fun bit about the story because it's not the first time that this little sneaky family has been caught taking desperate measures to keep Samsung in their control, the small family business. Um, mm. Lee's father is currently the chairman of Samsung, but in 2008, he had to step down for a little while because he was found guilty of bribing and tax evasion. But he was allowed back in. How is this possible? Well, he received a pardon from the then president so he could remain on the Olympic Committee, um, which is like just so unnecessary. But they did it, and now he's just run Samsung again. And then in 2010, Samsung's old lawyer published a book which was like, yeah, this family's horrible. They destroy evidence. They stole $9 billion from the company and they bribed people to make sure his son was next in line. But everyone ignored it. And uh, so next week we find out if they're going to officially charge Lee. But I'm going to guess, yes, they will. (laughs) I am shocked that anyone was convicted for tax evasion. I mean, as a big electronic companies are are not known to be... (laughs) convicted Mm-mm. of that or face any consequences from any government ever. Yeah. This is this True is a big that. deal. <laughs> this would never have happened in Ireland. Yeah. 
I didn't know that Samsung, before I was researching this, was like not a small family business, we won't call it that, but just run by the same people for so long, huh? This is just like, this is like so a tangent, but like I've been doing a lot of flying recently. And one of the things they've added to the list of like warnings that they give at the start is if you've got a Samsung S7, you're not allowed to carry that on the plane because <laughs> it's just going to blow up. Samsung's not having a good few months. <laughs> They're fucking mm. up. Well, see, why does this guy even want to keep that job now? Yeah. <laughs> he should just get out. He's going out on a low, but sure, he should just go out. This is his out. <laughs> Do you think anybody... Yeah. Anybody doesn't know that the Samsung Galaxy S7 Note or whatever it was is it the exploding phone? Like I feel like they're really just kicking them while they're down yeah. with those plane announcements and yeah, yeah. It's probably it's probably because Apple are sponsoring airlines now mm. and they're just they're just slipping in that sort of reminder just Yet just again, pay them to yeah. The little yeah. family business is being trampled <laughs> yeah, on. Getting trampled. By <laughs> big corporations. Poor Samsung. Yeah, yeah. I mean the company's worth like. Six billion dollars or something, or the guy, oh, the guy who runs it is worth six billion dollars. Yeah, it's a real shame. Real shame. Mm. But their like stocks have dropped significantly since. But then they're, they're creeping back up still. But I figure if he goes to jail, then this family business just won't be in the family anymore. Wait, no, the dad's still running it. Ignore me. The dad's still running it. <laughs> Phew! What a relief. God. Ooh. Yeah. No. Is it Lance's dad? It's Lance. Yes, <laughs> the one I speak to frequently. Yeah. yeah. I knew he'd do great things. <laughs> yeah. Man, that apple has fallen far from the tree, Lance. <laughs> How come you're not running a giant global technology company? How come you're not bribing the president's best friend? Huh? Uh, I'm, I'm sort of running a, uh, a you know, a, a, a podcast, so that's, that's something, huh? Hi, guys? No wonder he left. God. <laughs> What's your son up to? Oh, he has a, he has a podcast. <laughs> I don't know you well enough, Lance, so I'm starting to feel bad that, like, this is potentially going too close to the bone. Yeah, yeah I have, no, everything everything you're saying is true, and it, it oh, no. really hurts. It hurts so much. That's why I don't have a Samsung. Oh, no. <laughs> With friends like these, who needs? <laughs> Different friends. <laughs> Me, I'm so alone. Not with a bang. Your audio guide to the end of the world. That was not with a bang. That's it's a podcast. It's good. You you just listen to it. You did it. Congratulations. You're the best. It's not a marathon, Lance. I just <laughs> sat down and listened to something. Oh, bloody liberals giving out participation awards. Oh, this is what's wrong with you're making them soft. <laughs> making them soft, Lance. Now they think they can be gender fluid. This is <laughs> bullshit. Oh, bloody! This is this is why the transgenders exist. Oh no, but bathrooms. <laughs> so, what are you guys doing? You want to plug some shit? Um, you can check out my website, millieholton.com, for the shows I have coming up. Um, I perform every Thursday night at the Improv Conspiracy Theatre. Um, and I also have a show coming up in Comedy Fest, Melbourne International Comedy Festival, if you're interstate. Uh, it's completely improvised Harry Potter, where we just make up a Harry Potter story you haven't seen before right in front of your eyes. It's for nerds, but it's always the best. So come along and it's going to be fun. Improv being for nerds? Can't imagine. Can't imagine. Shut that. up, man. <laughs> cool. cool. When does that start? Uh, that starts on the 29th of March, but I'm in the opening weekend, which is like the first and second, and then dotted throughout the rest of the month. Coolies. 
Uh, and I'm doing a show at the Adelaide Fringe. It's 8.45 at the Producers Hotel in their beer garden. It's called Democracy Doesn't Work. Tickets still very available. Very, very available. Very available, guys. Get on it. What are you doing, Lance? Oh, just nothing. Just editing this podcast. Um, you can listen to my other podcast. It's called The Weekly Hour. It's about Australian politics. It never releases new episodes, but there's a back catalogue you could get through if you're interested in outdated Australian political news. That's a niche market, but you'll find It is someone. a niche market. <laughs> it's a good podcast, though. Thanks, man. Cool. We did it. Not With a Bang is written and performed by Millie Holton, Pat McCaffrey, and me, Lance Turnbull. Logo and artwork by Millie Holton and me, Lance Turnbull. Editing, music, post-production, and sound effects by me, Lance Turnbull. Follow us on Twitter at NWABpod, one word, and like us on Facebook also at NWABpod. NWABpod. Bye.